This episode is sponsored by Audible. Get a free audiobook of your choice that you get to keep with their free trial. You can learn more at lutherancartographer.com slash audible. The Lutheran Cartographer, episode 71. Welcome to The Lutheran Cartographer, the podcast where we explore what it's like to be Lutheran in different places. I'm your host, Nicholas Weber. Today we are going to Coleman, Alabama, to St. Paul's Lutheran Church, to talk to Pastor John Busman. He is the senior pastor there. Pastor Busman, welcome to the show. Thanks so much. Great to be here with you this morning. Help orient us geographically. We're in Alabama. Where's Coleman? Coleman is in the north-central part of the state. We are about 45 minutes north of Birmingham and about 45 minutes south of Huntsville. We are right on uh, Interstate 65. So Interstate 65 basically runs from from north to south right through the middle of the state. So about as north-central as you can get, uh, that's where we are. Okay, good deal. Tell us a little bit more about yourself, where you're from, and how you came to your parish. Sure. I, I'm actually from here in, in Coleman. I, I grew up here. I, uh, I did not necessarily grow up Lutheran, but I did grow up in this community, so I, 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 I'm at home here, in other words. Uh, but, uh, but, you know, leaving after college to do what I thought I wanted to do, uh, which was medicine, it, you know, didn't really work out. I, w- I wasn't very happy. So uh, I wound up transferring out to uh, to Concordia Seward, where I, I entered the pre-seminary program and then, of course, went to Concordia Seminary in St. Louis. And and then call day happened, and, and here I am. So I've been here, I've been here since uh, for, for nine years at this point. Uh, I have a wife. We've been married, just celebrated our anniversary a couple days ago. We've been married for, for eight years, and we have two boys. Uh, one is about to turn seven next week. The other one just turned five. So that's our life right now. I'm, 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 I'm coaching a coach pitch team and a t-ball team. So that's, that's, that's what's happening in my life for the next eight weeks. Fantastic. Tell us a little bit more about how you came to Lutheranism. How did you end up transferring into the seminary program? Sure. Yeah, that's that's a that's a great question and and a, and a long story. But I was I was baptized Lutheran as as an infant, and uh, due to uh, other circumstances, I wound up growing up in the uh, in the Baptist church. So all of my all of my formation. All of the Bible stories that you come to know as as children, I learned, you know, in in the Baptist church. And it wasn't until just before eighth grade that uh, my family uh, decided to to go back to the Lutheran church. And you know, really from a very early age, I, I don't know that I necessarily appreciated it as much as I appreciate it now. I, I knew something was obviously different, but I had. I had always learned the stories of the Bible as as all of these disconnected pieces, and that led to a, a ton of questions. I didn't know what order to put the pieces in or anything like this, but there were always questions, and coming to the Lutheran Church, 
having a pastor who was who was really an excellent teacher at that point be able to say these are not little isolated incidences that happened really a, a long time ago and have no connection to us they actually all come together and all point to Jesus it was it was mind blowing to me so there was always an interest for me in teaching the scriptures and, and learning the scriptures, but to become a pastor was not something that was really in my mind at that point. Uh, I really had an affinity toward chemistry and medicine, so that's that's you know what I what I took off to to do. But it was it was really unfulfilling for me, and I'm glad it's fulfilling for other people. But but it just it was it was not for me. And I wound up at that point in the middle of January transferring out to Seward, Nebraska, which was beyond a culture shock and a weather weather shock and all of this. But that that's that's how, you know, very, very briefly how everything went down. I see. Let's talk a little bit more about Coleman. Tell us about what the good things are about the area. Coleman is a small town i know depending on where you are in the country the the definition of small changes the the town is about 14,000 people but it is a fantastic place for for families there's so much to do for families here but so from my perspective it's it's small enough of a town but it's also big enough to get to have access to things that you that you need access to, we are within four and a half, depending on where you go, four and a half to six hours from the Gulf Coast, from the beaches. Uh, we are a matter of two hours from, you know, really the the foothills of the Smoky Mountains. So we have access to to. To whatever people want access to, we're we're just not very far off from those things. We have a community college here, a really good education system. So, you know, people who want to go to college aren't necessarily, you know, have to pack their bags and go very far off. You know, it's it's a two year college, but they can go and and get a, a very very good degree uh, there, or at least get get basics out of the way before they do transfer transfer someplace else. But it, it's a very, and I know this is so cliche, I'm sure, but it, it really is a unique place. It is, you know, I, I know there's a ton going on in the world, but it, it is still relatively safe. I mean, I, I still hear of people who, who don't lock their cars or don't lock their houses or, or things like this. You know, we send send the kids out in the neighborhoods. So that's that's a very kind of old school way of, of of living, but there's there's still a lot of that 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 goes on here. So it's it's uh, it's unique in that way. But but as far as raising families and, and all of that, and we have a school here at the church too. So to uh, to be able to go to the ballpark or, or or do this or do that and and see all of these kids that go to school here or or elsewhere and just really begin to build those relationships. That's that's a huge thing. And uh, so when I say, you know, small enough, but but big enough, we kind of fit right there in between where, I mean, that's that's the driver behind behind this community, I, I firmly believe. Excellent. 
Let's talk about the other side of that. What are some of the challenges about being there? It's kind of the flip side of what I've just said. It, it's small, right? It, it, when I say it's small enough, but it's big enough, if if you're used to living in a larger place, you know, you do have to drive to get there. So I say, you know, it's a it's a it's a good thing that we're only 45 minutes from Huntsville, only 45 minutes from Birmingham, only four hours from the beach. But the flip side of that, it, it can be a negative. You are 45 minutes from Birmingham. You know, if, if you want a, uh, you know, the, the big science museum, you've got to drive to get there. If you want, you know, the, the, I, I don't know, football games and all of this, you've got to, you, you've got to, you've got to drive to, to get there. So that may be something that, that, that turns people away from a community like this. It just depends on, on, on what, what people prefer, but it, it's certainly not, it's certainly not big city living here. It is, it is, it is smaller. So that could be a challenge for, for, for people, especially in the days of a pandemic when people just want to get out and go someplace else other than their, other than their small community. Yeah. Um, so I, I would, I would say that again, from my perspective, you, that's probably one of the most challenging things about about Coleman. Okay. Let's go back briefly to the cultural question. You mentioned how much of a culture shock it was to go from from where you were to Seward, Nebraska, and then I'd imagine there was some contrast between Seward and where you went to seminary. Talk a little bit about how you'd help us begin to understand those differences or how you experienced them. The culture shock of Nebraska was that I thought I was from a small town, right? That's, that's what you hear growing up constantly. Oh, this is a small town. There's nothing to do. We don't have anything to do. I can't wait to get out of the town. And then I went to Seward and again, you know, nothing, nothing, uh, you know, no, no shots at Seward here. I had, I had an excellent time in Seward, but to transfer out in January to not be, you know, to have this gradual introduction to the weather. You know, I went there and I think it snowed like 36 inches, basically an inch an hour the week after I got there. And, and you know, here I was from North Alabama and everything shuts down for snow flurries or even the threat of snow flurries, everything shuts down. It's like, wait, we still have to go to class in this? Are you kidding me? But to, to see a, a, a small Midwestern town, I was used to all the farms. You know, I grew up, uh, you know, raising black Angus cattle and all of this. So I was used to all of that. But to see a town that, that was even smaller, that was really driven on the basis of that university, was 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 a, was a little bit of a shock to, to be reliant on that 45-minute drive if you really wanted anything beyond Walmart. That was much different. Uh, for for me, and but again, I, I had a, I had an excellent time. It was exactly what I needed at that point to to keep focused and oriented on the on the task at hand. But again, the flip side of that was St. Louis, uh, you know, a large larger place where you know you have everything you would want to get into and more, and a lot of things you shouldn't get into. Coleman is Coleman is much more like where I, I spent my vicarage. I spent my vicarage in Tullahoma, Tennessee. And Tullahoma's kind of a a smaller town, about the same population. 
and it's in really, you know, southern southern Tennessee, about five miles north of Lynchburg, where Jack Daniels is. So, uh, you know, more of more of what I was used to, more of what I was used to there. But I was able to, you know, come come back here, especially. And when I when I would hear people talk about, oh, there's nothing to do, there's nothing to do, there's nothing to do. It's like actually, you know, let's let's open our eyes and, and look at all of these opportunities that we do have in in our community and and they're really there's always something going on here always yeah let's talk a little bit more about the cultural aspect you've mentioned the differences in terms of the size of the place and going to seward and just it being so much smaller than even coleman and the differences there what did you notice a difference in terms of the what people valued and how they interacted going from kind of the southeast Alabama to the Midwest? I was not used to being around that many Lutherans. I, I was I was not used to seeing a hospital have a name, Lutheran Hospital or anything like this. I mean we are in we are in Baptist country down here. So to to see people in the grocery store or out and about who you know the majority of them were Lutheran and you know talking the same way believing the same thing that was extremely extremely uh, I mean, to the point where it, where it was almost odd like twilight zone he's like wait everybody's lutheran here what what is what is this and you know w- when we got there when you know these are the churches within a 5 mile radius and there's what there were either like 9 or 14 of them and I'm thinking are you serious there are 6,000 people here. Why are there 14 Lutheran churches in a five mile radius? But that was, that, that was, that was, that was strange to me. I mean, it was nice. It was great, but I, I was not at all used to that. I was, I was used to being the, the only Lutheran in the, in the room where people, you know, basically thought we, we worshiped Martin Luther King Jr. And having to explain the, the, the whole, the whole deal. So as far as as far as culturally from that perspective that was that was one of the major shocks to me that and realizing sense. that that just wasn't seward because there was a college there that's like the, the kind of the midwest thing so it, that was that was interesting certainly let's talk a little bit more about the the baptist uh kind of stronghold of the southeast and what it's like to be lutheran there in coleman is that part of the Bible Belt? What's it like being Lutheran there? We are, yeah, we're absolutely part of the Bible Belt, but it's it's shocking to me to be part of the Bible Belt, what's called the Bible Belt, and how few people know of Jesus. Huh? They'll know they'll know a story here or there, but they don't know about Jesus. So it is. You know, the closest Lutheran church to us is is nine miles away, and they are a they are a faithful congregation. Uh, but outside of that, you know, you've got to drive thirty miles for the next one. And so we, we are we are few in number here. So from that perspective, it, it's 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 difficult to be a Lutheran, not because anybody's antagonistic towards it, but it's not, it's not Seward, you know, where everybody's Lutheran and everybody knows, you know, you feel like you're, you're always talking about the very basics of, of who you are, what you are, 
you know, that we're not a cult, you know, things like this. But that's also such a, a fun thing because it's not like, oh, you're Baptist and, and there's this, uh, you know, stereotype that falls over people's faces about what a Baptist is. We do have that opportunity to explain, especially with our school, as we, as we teach every morning and we encounter our parents to, to help them see what it, what it means to be a Lutheran and to do for people what was done for me as a child, where we take all of these Bible stories, say, actually, you know, there, there is a common thread and actually it is all about Jesus. We just, we've been talking about baptism in our, in our morning assembly for the school. And we, you know, they all know the story of the flood, but we were able to take the flood and talk about baptism and begin to make some of those connections. So, because that, I mean, that's the way I grew up. I know that those connections have, have not been made. So to, to begin to teach this way and to see light bulbs go off for people, light bulbs going off for people will never grow old as we teach, as we teach the scripture. So to, to be able to, to, to face our community in, in that way and not kind of isolate ourselves on our little corner here and not to go out and steal everybody from, from their churches, but to give them that different perspective say, look, all of this does go together. It all points to Jesus so that they can know, know about their Lord. That's, that's a, that's a, a, a fun thing. I teach also as a, as an adjunct at our community college in our, in our community. And, and they have me teaching, survey of the Old Testament, survey of the New Testament, and a biblical interpretation. So to be able to do this for college age students and others, uh, it, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun, but it also keeps me kind of connected with the community to see, okay, what are these, what are these brand new college students learning theologically from, from their churches? Because you know, there is the movement where this growing kind of non-denominational movement, you know, even within within our town. So to kind of hear their backgrounds and hear their perspectives and be able to to talk to them, and you know, not necessarily convert them at the community college, but to to help them to think more deeply about those things. It's always that's what I that's what I enjoy about engaging these people. I see. So it sounds like there's really an openness to. Christianity and to kind of Christian ideas and ethos, but perhaps not as deep an understanding as you'd like to see in the community. Is that a a, a, a just way of summarizing it, or how would that's you... fair? Okay, that that's fair. It is, and I hate to say it this way, because because it it may sound mean, and and I don't mean it that way at all. The level of biblical literacy around us is is almost Sunday school like. Again, I know you know I know the stories you know I know about Noah's Ark. Uh, I know who Abraham is, but I you know that's about that's about all. You know Joseph. You know wasn't that the guy with the with the coat of many colors? So the the level of biblical literacy here is. Certainly not where I would where I would like it, and when I say here, I mean the community, not necessarily the congregation. It is certainly not 
where it where it needs to be. It's very as long as I believe in Jesus, everything's going to be okay. Which leads you to the next question: Well, well, who is Jesus? Because that's I mean that's that's kind of an important question. So, and and I, and I don't mean that harshly. There, there's a, a lack of education going on here. The the preaching is much like it is in other places. It's become very self-centered, very, you know, point by point driven on how you can have a better life and and doing this and doing that, which is which is it, it's good, it's fine, but it's really not for the pulpit on on Sunday morning. So, again, that just gives us another opportunity for for a conversation and. It leads people who visit the church to say, "Man, y'all, y'all really do. Y'all really read the Bible a lot. You really talk about Jesus a lot." It's like, well, yeah, this is kind of the point of, from our perspective, the the point of of preaching to get you to get you to Jesus and to remind you what He has done for you in the forgiveness of sins. Absolutely. Let's take a moment for a word from our sponsor. Folks, if you like podcasts, you will enjoy Audible. It's a service that gives you an audiobook to listen to each month of your choice from a large library. And they want to get you started with a free trial offer that includes an audiobook that you get to keep. So go to lutherancartographer.com slash audible to get your free audiobook and start your free trial today. If you're not sure what book to check out, I recommend taking a look at Pastor Jonathan Fisk's Broken, Seven Christian Rules That Every Christian Should Break As Often As Possible. This was recently released on Audible. I'm very excited about it. In the book, Pastor Fisk goes through the classic pitfalls of moralism, mysticism, and rationalism, as well as several others. Check it out at lutherancartographer.com slash audible. Let's get back to our guest. Let's talk now about what it's like to raise a family there. You mentioned your two boys. What's it like in terms of the family atmosphere of the town? It's a very, very, very tight-knit community for the most part. The, I've talked about, you know, leaving doors unlocked and everything. It's, I mean, the, the neighborhoods are still full of kids, you know, on, on Halloween, for instance. You know, they're all just running around. There are golf carts everywhere. And, and so it's... Families are very, very trusting of each other. Uh, neighbors know each other. Uh, we have, you know, these these neighborhoods that we'll, we've got a terrible housing shortage here for for the growth of our community. But these neighborhoods that pop up and and houses that are being built, the people within those communities really they they know each other. You know, kids will run out their front door and run down the street and play with the kids down the street and and. Uh, parents won't won't think won't think twice about it, and pe- you know people may listen to this and think how naive that's that's the silliest thing I've ever heard, but that's that's the reality of uh, of our community. Uh, you know, you go to the parks, and parents can sit on the bench, and the kids just go off and 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 and, and play with one another. They get to know each other, and I would I wouldn't think anything like that were strange if I had not been anywhere else and seen that that's not the way that that is folly for, for a lot of communities. Like you're, you're sending your child out on a, on a death sentence to send them out of your house to run down the street, four houses down, you know, 
but the, when, when we have different groups who, who come to Coleman and, and look at Coleman and, and all of that, they, that's one of the things that they notice right away is how, how family oriented Coleman is. I, I think several years ago, we were voted the best place in Alabama to raise a family, you know, for, for schools, for parks, for, for everything like this. And there are a ton, there are a ton of, of young people in, in, a, in our community. So it's, it's a, it's a good thing, a good thing for, for, for the boys to be able to, you know, I know, I know my older son likes uh, for my younger son to have other friends besides him. So he leaves him alone every now and then. So <laughs> that's, uh, it, it, it's, uh, it's, I don't know. I know, I know I'm probably talking for, for your listeners in cliches, but, but that's, it, it's, it's real here. It's real. And I'm not necessarily talking it up for the sake of, you know, so the, so the people in town will be proud of the way I, I, I talked about Coleman but it, but it's true. It's it's the reality here. Absolutely. Yeah. There's still a lot of places like that, although it seems sadly it's diminishing over the years. But that's really good to hear that, that that's still a reality, as you just mentioned in Coleman. What are the educational options? You've got the school at your church. What other options are there? Right. We do have our school. Our school currently is uh, pre-K three through sixth grade. And, you know, with, you know, with, with opportunities in the future, uh, the school's been here for, well, when, when the church was established in 1885, you know, a school went along with that. There were several years that we went without a school, but we reestablished the school in 1954 and have had it ever since. It's been a staple in our community. Uh, and, and then basically after that, there are another couple private schools, but our city schools, are, are, are very, very good, you know, so we're not competing with our city schools <clears throat> necessarily. You know, I know, I know you get into some places and it's like, well, yeah, you know, the private schools are, they're trying to beat down the doors to get in there because they, they want to avoid the public system on the basis of education or safety or whatever. We, we, we do have, we do have good public schools here. Now our children are leaving at the, at the top of that and, and, and helping those numbers go up. Certainly but uh, the, the, the city schools are, they're, they're getting a good education there. Their sports programs for kids who are, who are into sports are, are, you know, top in the state. Music programs always receive high marks. So I, I don't really necessarily have anything negative to say about, uh, about any of the school systems that are here. It's, it's much more of a, working together rather than a uh, competing against. And I think that's sometimes that's hard. Sometimes that's hard, a hard way to look at things, especially when you're wanting to fill your school because you need, you know, you'd like, you'd like for students to, to be here so that you can proclaim the word to them. And that's, that's why I really want people here is not, not so much on the basis of, you know, well, I've heard, I don't know, I've heard your, well, 
Now, that's going to sound bad if I say I don't want them here on the basis of education. I do because we provide a great education, but I, but more so from a pastoral perspective, I want them here so that we can proclaim Christ to them. Absolutely, yeah. The education part is is great, but you know the key is the care of souls, right? Right. Okay. Right. Absolutely. That makes sense. Okay, let's go on and talk about the good things in, to do and and see in town. If you had a friend coming to town, what restaurants or activities would you recommend to them? Sure. Yeah. Well, this is this is great. I like to have uh, old professors, friends, whoever come to town, and we like to show it off and. You know, for, for anybody who would say that there's nothing to do in Coleman would be absolutely fooling themselves. We have a man-made lake that, you know, it's as close as 15 minutes away or certain parts of the lake or as far as an hour and 15 minutes away. It's it's windy roads and a large, a, a large lake. There are all kinds of things you can get into there, you know, sea-doos and boats, fishing. Uh, the Major League Fishing actually does... Uh, does tournaments out there. So the lake is, is a huge growing community, uh, for us, uh, plenty of, uh, great golf courses. We have, they're, they're building right now, uh, an RV park. Uh, we have, uh, an ATV track, you know, big park where people can go out and, and, and do that. Uh, throughout the year, we have different festivals, we are big for strawberries here, so we have a strawberry festival uh, actually coming up in a couple of weeks. We have an Oktoberfest. We're a German community, so the Oktoberfest happens every year. Uh, very recently, and, and this this is kind of strange to some of your listeners too, we were a, a, uh, a dry county. And if people don't know what a dry county is, that means there's no sale of alcohol whatsoever in our community. And we were that way until very, very recently. And as soon as, as soon as we quote unquote went wet, uh, several, several men in our community, one of our members included, uh, started a brewery. So we have a, we have a brewery called Goat Island Brewing and they have uh, live, live music throughout the week. Uh, that's an excellent place to go. I always, always like taking people to, to Goat Island for, for a tour and, uh, you know, to show that off and to be proud that one of our Lutheran members is, is an owner there to, you know, to, to show that off. We have uh, the fair, Coleman County Fair here in town every fall. Um, there, there is a small museum that we have that talks about the history uh, of this town, how the, how the Germans got here and, and uh, when, what happened next. So that's a, that's a good opportunity for people to know more about the community. One of the things that I like best uh, about about here and downtown is everything is really walkable. We have an old downtown, a warehouse district, and then we have we have the new downtown. And our old downtown has really been revitalized over the last several years, over the last 10 years. Uh, 10 years ago, we're coming up five days away, coming up on the anniversary, 10th anniversary of a, a major a tornado that that ripped right through our downtown, and after that tornado, it really showed the resiliency of of our community. Everybody came together, and whereas some people would have liked to have just seen old downtown be bulldozed and start over, they they rebuilt it just as just as it was, um, and 
really brought a lot of life into that old downtown area, uh, so much so that our, our Chamber of Commerce, starting in the summer and going through the fall, does an event called Second Fridays. And they block off all the streets, uh, even even a section of a, of a major highway. You know, the police will be out there to direct traffic and let people cross the streets. There are restaurants down there. Uh, they'll have, you know, all fun activities for the kids, car shows, boat shows. But it's just an, another opportunity for the community to come together. And, uh, you know, a couple thousand people will show up from all over the place just to come to, to, come to Second Fridays to listen to live music and, and all of that. In that same area, we have Christmas parades and, and all of that that brings people together. Um, one of the major things that that has happened over the last decade is a, a pretty large concert, a two-day concert. It's called Rock the South, and this grabs about 40,000 people, uh, forty to 60,000 people over the span of a couple of days, country music, rock music. Uh, they they just released the lineup for for this one coming up and uh, I don't remember I should if my wife were here she would she'd give you the list from top to bottom but I, I don't remember Luke Luke Combs I think I don't I don't remember who all but it's a it's a it's a really really big deal and people come from the last time we had people from all fifty states uh, come to Coleman for this for this show so that's a that's a, a big thing. As far as food is concerned, I know people like food. Several great, great barbecue joints, Southern Barbecue here. Um, Johnny's Barbecue is one of those. Uh, we have one restaurant that's been well known by people in the South for a long time. It's called the All Steak. They're famous for their orange rolls. But one of the newer restaurants that that I have to give a shout out to that that has become one of my personal favorites is called the 412 Public House. It's a it's a very very small uh, restaurant. Good seafood, great steaks, good bartenders. Uh, we we had a group in town a couple of well about a month ago, and I made sure they could get into 412 for for dinner. Uh, it's fantastic, great food. Also up in Huntsville. We have a NASA space and, and rocket center. Uh, Warner Von Braun really brought that into 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 Huntsville. Uh, the Saturns and the Apollos were all really, uh, really stationed there and, and, and engineered there, really. Uh, but it, it's interesting. We had a, a minor league baseball team that recently moved to town. They're about to start their first season, and they are called the Rocket City for Huntsville, the Rocket City Trash Pandas. And uh, most of the listeners out there probably don't know what a trash panda is. That's the that's Southern slang for a raccoon, trash panda. So their, so their logo is this raccoon in a trash can that's taking off like a rocket. So I'm going to have to take some people up there to a, to a Rocket City Trash Pandas game. So... That's a lot, right? I mean, there's there's just a ton of stuff to do in in our in our small community. There's always something to to get into, and the vast majority of it is meant to be done, you know, in in community with with one another. Great, yeah, that's a lot of good things to check out, listener. You can see links to all those things at lutherancartographer.com/slash seventy one. The show notes for that page, and I encourage you to check that out. 
Let's go ahead and talk about current events. What's the Alabama's response been like to the coronavirus? Alabama's approach was different depending on where you are. Uh, I would say a lot of the places were quote unquote shut down, but not shut down. Uh, and and pe people reacted much, much differently. As far as the church was concerned, we 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 did everything that well I shouldn't say that we we tried to stay open and not and not uh, tick off the law enforcement. Of course, you know very early on we we really did not know what this was, and we tried to stay open. We actually within seventy two hours of the lockdown the shutdown. Uh, we have a member of our congregation who uh, builds cabinets for a living. And I got with him and we uh, built an altar. Uh, you know, looks looks like the one inside. He, he built this thing. He took his time over, over, I mean, it may have been two and a half days, and built this whole thing and brought it to the church so we could worship outside. And we did that for a week. And then the, and then the full, the full lockdown came. And we were out for what six weeks, seven weeks, and as soon as, as soon as the order was lifted, we were back. It was the Sunday after Mother's Day last year, and we've been at it ever since. We we did not. We kind of held off on Sunday school for for the summer, but really, once August hit, we've been as back to normal as you can be. You know, of course, we bought a few hand sanitizing stations. But we real we really didn't change anything. And again, that can that can cause some divisiveness within the church because you know you have some on the one hand who say we never should have shut down. Yet on the other hand, you know we're, we're not doing enough. So to be able so that but that was one of the reasons I wanted to get back to normal as much as possible because the church needed to be the constant. In, in this, you know, the church needed to be the place people could come and 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 have rest for their souls in the midst of fear and unknown and and all of this. Our school w was up and running. We we have not faced a shutdown of our school at all. We have not had to do virtual anything. Uh, so we we took every everything into consideration. But but again, that was we were able to be a staple in our community, a constant. It's not that we're COVID deniers or anything like this, but there were ways that we could do what we needed to do to proclaim the gospel in the midst of it and, and be that uh, be that sure foundation for, for our people. And it's going to be interesting how, how the world looks at this last year, say in 50 years, you know, but that's how, that's kind of how, how we approached it. And I'm extremely thankful for for my elders and my church council and, and the members of the church for for trusting in in this whole thing and 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 getting back to normal as soon as we did. Yeah, that's really good. As we start to close out the podcast, Pastor Busman, I want to make sure to give you the opportunity to point our listeners where you'd like your church's website, places to follow you online. Where would you like to point our listeners? Sure. So our church website is St. Paul's L, right? St. Paul's L.com. 
You can find uh, everything that you need to there and, and other links, uh, for instance, to our church YouTube page. If you, if you just go straight to YouTube, you can find us on YouTube. St. Paul's Coleman is the link there. You can find me personally on YouTube at uh, Rev Busman. Simply type in Rev Busman to the search, and, and you'll find me. I do th- there, I, I do a brief uh, run through one of the texts in the lectionary for the upcoming Sunday, and I'll, I've also been reacting to to various things like the Passion of the Christ and this new <laughs> this new uh, TV series called called The Chosen. So we do a little bit of that there. Our school website is uh, Saint Paul's Coleman dot com. Uh, but anything that anything that that you find any of these places that you go, there's a link to. To the other, so the church website's the main place to go to find all of that. Stpaulsl.com. Fantastic, Pastor Busman. Thank you for your time today. What are your parting thoughts for our listeners? Uh, I I hope that I hope that this is a resource that people will use, especially when they when they travel to different places, so that they can hear about different communities. Uh, but more than that, you know, we've had a couple of visitors come to us over the last several months from from different states because you know they may have seen the church or heard of the church and I, I really hope that this is a is a resource that people will use even even for the fact of potentially uprooting their lives for the sake of faithfulness that that people will hear of these communities and hear of these churches and and want to go and to see and to uh, to hear the word, we we have a fantastic congregation here. Of course, it's not a congregation without problems. Every one of them does because every one of them is is full of sinners. But uh, but anybody who who is listening and who is you know passing through to go to the mountains, to go to the beach, to go to Tuscaloosa to see the national champions play football, or to come to the Space and Rocket Center in Huntsville, the NASA Museum. That that they would uh, that they would swing by and introduce themselves and and that we could build relationships as brothers and sisters in Christ. So thank you for what you're for what you're doing. This is fantastic. Absolutely. Thank you again. God's peace. Yeah. Peace to you. Thanks for listening to the Lutheran Cartographer. For more about the things that we talked about today, check out the show notes page. That's at lutherancartographer.com/slash seventy one. I encourage you to check out that Audible offer. That's at lutherancartographer.com slash audible to get your free audiobook of your choice with a trial of their service. And until next time, I'm Nicholas Weber. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you soon.